0: For the past century, America has been the world leader in ideas, invention, and innovation. Developing new technologies to solve complex issues as well as tools to make our lives more comfortable and efficient is the realization of the American dream for many. But our grip on world leader status is loosening as China has emerged as a powerful political and industrial force. Today, China is threatening American innovation and national security by exploiting weaknesses in U.S. patent protection. And big tech is letting them get away with it. Innovation Race explores these critical issues impacting all Americans and proposes solutions for how we can restore U.S. dominance in invention, technology, and innovation. What I just read, that was the synopsis from a new movie with the title, Innovation Race. It's an incredible film that focuses on one of the most important aspects of the economic war that we face now. It's a film that every American should see, and it's incredibly well done. In fact, it was the 2022 winner of the Anthem Film Festival's Excellence in Filmmaking Award. I love this movie. It shows the bad, the good, and the beautiful. And it features a number of our friends like Randy Landrono, president of US Inventors. You know, from episode 208, and Gordon Chang, Colonel John Mills, Jenny Beth Martin, Declan Ganley, and today's special guest, General Robert Spalding. To give you a flavor of the film, I'd like to show a trailer. Let's take a look. For over a century, America has been the world's inventor, a country whose ideas and innovations transformed mankind. But today, our nation faces challenges at home and abroad. Challenges that threaten our economic and military security, and the very idea of American greatness.
1: We have a great history of inventors in America who've done great things the Wright brothers, Thomas Edison. We have a system that has encouraged people to be inventors, to solve problems by providing them with the ownership of what they actually created and patented.
0: How do we turn inventions into innovations? How do we turn an idea in an inventor's head or something in a lab or the garage into a real world product or a real world service that other people can use and enjoy. And that's the key of the patent system. That's what patents as property rights do. A patent
1: is a constitutionally created property right. It's something that our founders, our framers of our constitution recognize. Our patent system used to be very strong and reliable. That's no longer the case. There's some big tech companies up here whispering
0: in the ears of congressmen, sliding campaign donations to them and saying, we want you to dilute the patent system even more. Patents haven't just played
1: an important role in growing our economy. they played a key role in developing the technologies that have made our country safe.
0: Xi Jinping and the Chinese Communist Party the last five years have made it abundantly clear that they intend to not just compete with the United States, They intend to surpass us and to be the world leader in innovative technology. Innovation
1: drives economic security and national security. We've lost sight of what it is to protect this nation.
0: China's investing heavily in its own innovation, in its own military. They are serious competition for us. We need to up our game. And they've gone,
1: hang on a second, What if we don't just steal the technology? What if we steal the system that America actually operated successfully and we implemented in China? What if we out America, America? Dominating technology means you dominate the economy of the world. Dominate the economy of the world, you dominate the world itself. It all goes back to the question of who is going to develop the technologies of tomorrow? Clearly, this is a race that we cannot afford to lose.
0: Did you catch it? The patent system was a part of our founding. It was an integral part of what made America exceptional. It was in the Constitution. And in fact, the first patent law was signed by, Gen- by George Washington. And it said, he, she, or they can invent things and they'd be protected. It was designed for the individual. It was not designed for the science societies. You know, when you have these science societies and this groupthink, the leading scientists have concluded, you run into problems. I'll give you a perfect example. The New York Times predicted that manned flight would take between 1 and 10 million years to achieve. There was an article titled, Flying Machines Which Do Not Fly. And the piece ended saying, To the ordinary man, it would seem as if an effort might be employed more profitably. In other words, focus your attention elsewhere. And nine weeks later, the Wright brothers achieved manned flight. That's what happens when you have groupthink, versus individuals. Our patent system was designed for individuals. Now, there are two powerful groups that have taken down our once superior patent system. You heard it in the trailer. It's the globalist tech companies, which is the World Economic Forum, and the Chinese Communist Party. This is blatant economic warfare with huge and dangerous implications. And the movie Innovation Race exposes the threat and offers a plan to address it. We need individual liberty. Otherwise, we're gonna face the tyranny of the technocratic elite. Groupthink nearly destroyed us in COVID when you weren't allowed to even question the consensus. Groupthink is what's driving the Green New Deal. All the scientists agree. Now even our patent system is aimed at defeating our individual liberty. To gain a deeper insight into innovation race, we've invited an old friend of the economic war room and a true American patriot and hero, a retired Air Force Brigadier General, Robert Spalding. Uh, we've had Bob Spaulding on the program multiple times, and he's shared with us incredible insight from his time in, in the Air Force, his time in industry, he's got a doctor, he's a brilliant guy. He's the CEO and founder of Semper, the only true technology company created to protect and secure our most critical resource, which is data. Uh, General Spalding is a former White House National Security Council Senior Director for Strategic Planning. He served in senior positions of strategy and diplomacy within the defense and state departments for more than 25 years. He, his innovation while serving in the White House has led to a reset in national security and public policy regarding telecommunications in the United States and globally. And he's also the author of two books, Stealth War, How China Took Over While America's Elite Slept, which came out in 2019, and War Without Rules, China's Playbook for Global Domination, which came out this year. We're going to meet with General Robert Spaulding just after the break. But get ready. You're about to understand why the innovation race is on and how we have to win it if America is to survive and prosper. General Spalding, it's so great to have you back in the economic war room. We've worked on EMP summits and, and China issues and 5G, and we've talked about all that in the past. Uh, but now we've got you back uh, to talk about a new movie called Innovation Race. How would you get involved with that movie?
1: Well, uh, thank you for having me back. The, uh, the movie which um, talks about the challenge of uh, our patent system today um, you know, I was invited to discuss the challenge of China in, in our patent system, and really um, they believed that I could add some expertise on uh, the economic competition with China. To be honest, I hadn't really thought about the, um, the patent system as a, a problem uh, in the competition, but I think they make a good case in the movie, and I think it's something people should definitely watch.
0: Well you know you, you lived in China you've got a doctorate in economics and mathematics uh, you you you've got a deep understanding of the Chinese mindset does it make sense to you that they try and take over a patent system
1: well it's um, I, I think it's uh, it makes sense that they would try to emulate it in a way that uh, you know accrued some advantage to China uh, and the Chinese Communist Party and essentially that's what they've done um, what you know, this is in addition to a lot of other things they've done in terms of uh, international standards, for for example, for telecommunications. So they really see the patent system in the United States, um, our innovation, our um, the the um, enormous amount of standards and technology that the United States has amassed over its history as one of the things that they wanted to to um, overcome. And And I think they've been pretty successful doing it the the patent system you know not only have they um, taken parts of our patent system because of our own ineptitude here in the United States with regard to um, what was uh, the American Vince Act we've actually watered down the effectiveness of our patent system so from uh, from an intellectual property uh, enforcement uh, perspective they're trying to capture the high ground and I think that's a huge problem for the United States because technology, Has been um, and continues to be the thing that really separates us from China. Uh, You know, the recent chips um, uh, agreement or act and the um, efforts on behalf of the Biden administration to stop the the Chinese ability to develop uh, semiconductors. I think is just another example.
0: Yeah, well, I, I was with Congressman Frank Wolf, I was briefing him on economic warfare a decade ago, more than a decade ago, and, and I noticed all of these lobbyists coming through and I asked what they were doing and he said, oh, those are Chinese lobbyists attempting us to get, to change our patent system, to water it down, and it just, it's another example. We say it all the time in the economic war room, what we see as a marketplace our enemies view as a battle space, and they did it in 2011. They weakened our patent system. You know, how, in what way does that help the Chinese, the difference between first to file, first to invent, and all those things?
1: Well, you know, there's, um, when I was in the, in the Pentagon, um, it's the first time I became aware that you know, the Chinese were basically stealing intellectual property from the United States directly from servers where uh, research and development had been uploaded. They would take um, patent filings that hadn't actually been uh, sent to the patent office. They would take those filings verbatim, and then they would file a patent in China. And so when that company went to file their patents, they they found out, oh, you know, we had, um, we had um, missed the boat, because the, these patents had already been filed verbatim in China. So first to file versus first to vet. I mean, there's there's a number of challenges that the Chinese have taken advantage of. And the American Vents Act is, is just another one. You know, patents uh, in our constitution have been a, a protected space from the very beginning of our country. And it's one of the reasons that we've been able to be so innovative. Um, The American Events Act really watered down that those protections, and the Chinese Communist Party has taken advantage of that watering down to strengthen their control over intellectual property.
0: Yeah. well, One of the statements here is, uh, you said that we're at war with China, but we don't realize it, and China does. Can you explain, are we at a form of war with China?
1: We are. You know, when, what people don't realize is the first Cold War was primarily an economic war. It was primarily a war uh, of ideology. It was a war to demonstrate the power of a free people over a power of an oppressed people. And um, it wasn't a, a, a military war, it wasn't a hot war. Uh, people get upset because we are uh, talking about being in a second Cold War with China. In reality, you know, in many ways, they have the advantage that um, we had during the first Cold War in that they own the supply chain and they have um, become experts at so many of the uh, foundational technologies of the 21st century, artificial intelligence, quantum. And so we are in a war, we're in a war much like the first Cold War except unlike the first Cold War. Now we are number two. We are the Soviet Union. And Even though we have a free society, the, the, the chinks in the armor that have come because of things like the American Vents Act, the fact that our corporate sector and financial sector essentially moved to the sway of the Chinese Communist Party today in ways that are counter to our own interests, I think is really the challenge that we're going to have to overcome. It's not a military challenge like I trained for for 30 years in the Air Force. It's an economic challenge. It's an economic war. It's a financial war. It's a technological war. It's a psychological war. Uh, You know, COVID, for example, two years of COVID really demonstrated the power of the Chinese Communist Party in implementing not only policies in the international space, but also in in free countries like America. Lockdowns, good example of a policy derived in China in Wuhan in January of 2020, uh, uh, 2020 and then exported to the rest of the world. So these are the things that we have to Um, understand as a a challenge. Well,
0: we're going to have to take a break in just a minute. But in a minute, explain to us uh, what you learned when you lived in China. You were there for the Air Force living in China.
1: Well, the first time I lived there was 2002 to 2004, and uh, they had just entered the WTO. And what I learned at the time was China was very open and it was an exciting place to be. In fact, I wanted to come back after I retired from the Air Force and be a part of it. The second time I went, uh, which was uh, December fifth, two 2016, when I got to country to be the senior defense official, I found a completely transformed China, one that was oppressive and closed down. Now, you go back to Deng Xiaoping and the hide-and-bide strategy, the fact that it's so authoritarian now is, shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. The Chinese basically said, this is who we are, the Chinese Communist Party did, but then, of course. We're going to take as much as we can from the free world in order to build our
0: strength. Yeah, well, we're going to need to take another break. But when we come back, I want to talk about solutions. And I want to talk about your company, which is fascinating to me, Simper. So let's take a break and we'll be right back. General Spaulding, you basically said we're at war with China. We just don't realize it. What can we do? What are the kind of things we should be doing now to get us to win the innovation race, which is what the movie talks about, and to preserve liberty around the world? How do we do it?
1: Well, not only do um, if we want to win this race, not only do we have to fix the patent system, we have to get rid of the America Invents Act. We actually have to begin to invest in science and technology again. You know, back during the first Cold War, we were spending two percent of Uh, our GDP on research and development, and places like Silicon Valley and Boston, you know, tech centers of the United States, they came from the Cold War and the money that we invested in science and technology. You know who's investing today? It's the Chinese Communist Party. They're investing in technology, and often today, our scientists are going over there and helping the Chinese. Because we don't have the same type of money being invested here. So they want to go where the data is. And you go, uh, the way you collect data is by conducting experience, experiments. And these experiments cost money. And the Chinese are investing uh, their dollars in it, actually our dollars, because they take from us. But we need to start doing that. And I think, you know, if we want to, if we want to be successful on it, that's one of the things that you know, in the war, that's what we need to do
0: you know one of our answers here in the economic war room you know we've got two problems one of them is what you just described another one is is we have this mass income disparity so the wealthy get wealthier and 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 the poor get poorer and so one of the solutions for that is to share broadly ownership And one of the ways to do that is to educate American investors to invest in things that promote liberty, security, and value. So we're training financial advisors at Liberty University. We're going to train 10,000 of them. If we achieve that, we'll have a trillion dollars of patriotic capital to invest in things that will make America strong again so we can export liberty rather than import tyranny. Uh, so I agree with you wholeheartedly making investment is a big part of what we do and you've got a company by the way that could replace Huawei and might open up investment opportunities for Americans can you describe Semper and how it's making a difference in the innovation race
1: yes so Semper stems from a project I was working on in the Air Force before I retired I asked the leadership to let me leave and take it into the private sector uh, it really uh, involves securing 5G networks. I believe that data and critical infrastructure is so important to protecting our sovereignty, uh, particularly our digital sovereignty—sovereignty sovereignty over our data, which the Chinese have, you know, enormous power over collecting today and then using t- for their own ends. And so, our um, our company Semper stands for secure EMP resistant edge. One of the things that we wanted to do was protect our telecommunications infrastructure from things like an EMP. Blast, which comes from a high altitude um, nuclear weapon or could come from a solar flare. What we found was 5G really, because it was um, entirely in software, you know, previously bespoke hardware was now written in code. You could create very hardened infrastructure nodes that, you know, gave you all the capacity to protect data, but also protect critical infrastructure. So today, if you uh, look at what happened in Florida with the hurricanes, for example, our networks go down, and it takes often weeks or months to get them back up. The a- AT&T bombing two Christmases ago in Nashville, Tennessee, which took down Tennessee and surrounding states for up to two, two weeks, they had perfectly operational cell towers that were just dumb because they had no connection to the brains. And so what we've created a hardened, cell towers that have the full data center and full connection to the smarts that allow them to continue to operate even if we have an EMP or you know, some kind of natural disaster. So we're about building, owning, operating infrastructure that supports critical infrastructure in the United States, protects the military, protects first responders, protects financial institutions, and all of those things that we need to have continue to run even if we have a natural disaster or some kind of
0: attack. Well, that's amazing. And it sounds like a perfect patriotic investment. How far along are are you? Are you implementing now? Are you looking for investment? Where are you in the status of your company?
1: Yes, we. so we've been at it for four years. We're finally ready to start deploying infrastructure. Our first commercial agreement is with a company in the middle of, the, uh, of America called Viera Wireless. It's one of the largest regional carriers, if not the largest regional carrier in America they had because of you know the economics of what's been happening the last 3 decades a network completely full of Huawei gear so we're going to help them take that Huawei gear out and you know what they're in our ICBM fields they're throughout and you think about from the Chinese perspective very smart get you know their infrastructure in our ICBM fields we're going to help them clean that up and make it one of the strongest most secure and robust networks in the world. And so our goal is to continue to deploy infrastructure throughout the United States. So not only are communities protected, but first responders, military bases, these are the types of things that we want to do. Now, we're not going to replace all infrastructure in the United States. The idea is to replace or augment those areas where we want to have connectivity. If you've read the the book, um, One Second After, uh, you understand the danger of an EMP to the United States and what would happen to civil society. Hurricane Katrina is a good example of what happens when communication goes down. Civil society breaks down and we have lawlessness. We want to be able to have the United States be protected from these types of attacks.
0: Well, we want that too. In fact, we want patriots like you leading companies. But is it is it at any point investable? Uh, is it something that you're taking private money for? Are you ever going to take it and and allow others in? We're, what's your status in that term?
1: So we are we are taking private investment. In fact, we're just about um, ready to start our Series A round. You know, we've we've worked really hard. It's it's taken a lot to get EMP protected commercial infrastructure. That costs the same as every other commercial infrastructure out there, so it's not anymore. And we're ready to start deploying. So that that investment that we're taking on is going to allow us to to begin to deploy this infrastructure throughout the United States and to continue to innovate. So the other thing that we're doing is miniaturizing the entire entire, uh, subcomponentry of our nodes so that they are the most evolved, advanced infrastructure nodes in, in the world. The other thing we're gonna do is because they're miniaturized, the power draw is, is de- going to decline quite extensively, which means that we'll be able to run these things on batteries that last for years and, uh, and our solar power. So it's, it's, it's in a sustainable capability that secures our future.
0: Well, that's great. And I appreciate the, that you're doing this. You're a true patriot. You know, we don't recommend investments here in the economic war room, but we do train financial advisors so they can examine and look at them. You know, we'll put information about your company. Um, how can people learn more? Uh, where do they go?
1: They can go to Semper S-E-M-P-R-E dot A-I. That's our website. Um, they can follow me on Twitter at Robert underscore Spaulding. I'm always talking about it, I'm on LinkedIn, and uh, happy to engage anybody that's interested in either becoming a customer or an investor of Semper.
0: Thank you, General Spaulding. Thank you for continuing service on behalf of the American people. Thank you for fighting the innovation race, not just explaining it in a movie, but also fighting it on the ground. you know, we say it all the time, and you've basically said this. What we see as a marketplace, our enemies view as a battle space, that's true absolutely here. You can learn more about General Spalding and about Semper and about innovation race in our free economic battle plan. You can get it at economicwarroom.com. Remember, we've got an opportunity now to make a real difference. This is Kevin Freeman from the Economic War Room.